Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first future tech meets sustainability podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Sai Prasad Raut, who's the Chief Technology Advisor, Crypto Strategist, and Expert in Emerging Businesses, Enterprise Architect, Product Management, Web3O. And he's currently the Co-Chair, Technical Steering and Product Committee at the Hedera Hashgraph, which is an open source public ledger for builders, enterprise, DeFi, sustainability, DGENs, NFTs, CBDC, identity, and basically for everyone. So Cypressad, I really appreciate you taking time being part of the podcast. Why don't we start with a small, brief introduction, your role at Heterograph. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for having me here. Uh, just to introduce myself, uh, I am currently acting as the Chief Technology Advisor for uh, WorldPay from AFIS. And uh, FIS is uh, number one uh, global merchant acquirer with uh, 135 currencies that we uh, support with uh, 50 plus domestic markets and 30 plus payment methods. And we also cater to different industries like retail, gaming, public sector, financial services, digital and travel. So I work with FIS and uh, moving on to Hedera. So Hedera is the third generation DLT, which runs on the Hashgraph uh, framework. Uh, you know, the problems that usual public DLTs that we usually face is, you know, there is enormous amount of energy, and then we have this low processing uh, speeds and uh, unpredictable uh, fees out there, right? So you don't, you can't make out that what is the gas that you will be able to uh, pay for for making that particular transaction. There are also some security vulnerabilities and also leads to some of the centralization and transparency concerns. And coming to uh, Hashgraph from Hedera, it actually gives the higher TPS. So if you go to the real TPS.com, you will see Hedera is currently trending at the number one from the TPS perspective, which is close to five to 600 uh, TPS at this point, which is quite high at this point. Uh, it also gives you the highest security. It uses the asynchronous Byzantine uh, fault tolerant uh, protocol. And uh, it is not a leader based. Uh, it uses the proof of stake mechanism in the background. There is no forking that's been used in the header. And it, as I said, it uses the stable fees. So fees is like 0 0.0.0001 USD for the transaction, which is pretty low and which is the a fixed fee that you use for any specific transaction. Uh, one unique thing in, in case of Hedera is that it, the, it uses the, the governance model, which is pretty unique in, in the uh, blockchain world. So there are currently 27 or new chip organizations that uh, constitutes this uh, council membership of the Hedera's governing council. And that, that's where the FIS comes in. So FIS is one of the governance council member of the Hedera. And I represent FIS on the Hedera's governing council membership. And uh, I think last year uh, in December, not uh, 2022, but 2021, I've been elected as the co-chair along with Lehman Baird, who is the co-founder of uh, Hedera Hashgraph. So me and Levin, we both contribute for uh, looking at the overall technology and the product landscape of the Hedera Hashgraph, how the, the overall technology and the, the 
network itself should evolve uh would would you like to you know first of all maybe talk about web3 because you know i mean uh the, these new tech stack it it gets super confusing very very fast so would would you be able to kind of you know explain what web2 is and what does it mean for us to transition to web3 longer in 2000s between 90s and 2000 uh, we have seen the rise of the internet wherein internet was one of the uh, remarkable uh, discovery of the human kind when we started seeing the growth and how people can interact right so it started with just a uh, you know static sites that used to have you know we used to we also seen the dot com boom during that time wherein people used to have their websites the static websites and the information was just read only right during that time and uh, move to the uh, beyond 2000 when we have seen that there was some kind of interaction wherein you also have the read and the write permissions on that specific internet uh, sites wherein you can also read the information but at the same time you could interact with that particular sites where you used to have uh, information transported between those uh, different servers and you can actually give and provide that data to those different um, entities and that's where we have seen the rise of the e-commerce right and uh, we have seen uh, also some of those enterprises flourish like amazon and facebook and flipkarts and so on and so forth wherein we started the users interacting with these entities however when and also this has you know contributed to the large data set so all these different companies started gathering the data and they started kind of uh, putting some kind of intelligent algorithms uh, on on top of that data and that's where when you are kind of looking at your facebook and some of those uh, different sites you see that uh, different ads are getting displayed for you based on the different searches that you are doing right so in all these different entities and the corporations are trying to collect the data and these are all free right you can use the gmail for free you can use google for free and facebook for free but you know nothing comes for free right uh, that data is been kind of utilized by these companies and uh, they are kind of making sure that the way that you are interacting with these systems are kind of beneficial for them to provide you the relevant information what i mean by that is when you are accessing these sites you are seeing those advertisements uh, based on your searches based on the the pattern that you are using this different uh, tools and the websites and that's where what we are seeing now is that most of this data is is kind of uh, owned by these organizations they are making use of this data and we as a user we are kind of uh, uh, most of it we are the product of of their uh, uh, the sites that they are using right so we are the end product of of their uh, offerings there and that's where if i have to take you to the web3 world so now web3 and how the web3 has evolved is that if you have seen from 
when the Satoshi Nakamoto has written this white paper on the Bitcoin, uh, his main idea that how the uh, store of value of any asset can be leveraged. And uh, the Bitcoin white paper has given uh, those the birth of the decentralization, right? With the security and the cryptographic algorithm with the hashing technique and the uh, digital signatures and all. So with that one, we have seen the, the rise of the decentralized uh, environment, uh, which has then evolved with the Ethereum, wherein we have added the smart contract on top of it, when there is the programmability also being added on top of this blockchain uh, layer. And with that one, now we are seeing the uh, the blockchain 2.0, wherein on top of this programmability, uh, there are different dApps, which is the decentralized apps are being built and what they are offering. So imagine that you are using uh, your uh, browser, which is like a Chrome browser, uh, and you are accessing the site. The advertisement that you are seeing, obviously there is some revenue, some kind of a revenue model that's been built in the background that uh, you know those companies are making money by showing and displaying that advertisement for you. On the other hand, there is a browser called Brave Browser, which actually lets the user earn the tokens in the form of the cryptocurrency for seeing those uh, advertisements. So now in this Web3 world, the user has become the owner of their overall activity and the actions that they are taking. So it is all the user centric that has become in the Web3 world. And in the Web3 world, you have seen that the, the user, because of the decentralization uh, with the blockchain uh, framework, the users uh, are kind of uh, getting that ownership of their data, of the information that they are exchanging with this platform. Right. So I appreciate you explaining it, uh, you know, so nicely. Just to summarize it, you know, Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. Web 1 was static, founded by Tim Berners-Lee when Etsan was trying to kind of share information which was gathered uh, at, uh, through, you know, the CERN experiments. You know, the only thing you could do was share data. Web 2 is interactive where, you know, we, we it's, it spawned businesses like Amazon, Facebook, Google, and so on and so forth. And Web 3 is going to be experiential, you know, and it'll be where the creative Data gets to will not be exploited because the web 2 or the language was you know profit at any cost for but web 3 is going to be where the creator gets to you know play a role in building the next iteration of the internet and speak to me a little bit about decentralization you know because when you talk about decentralization now you have 27 governing councils you know how, how is this centralized these are centralized organizations governing a decentralized organization how does that work could you elaborate that in our are uh, companies around the world even ready for decentralization? You know, because the the ethos of decentralization is taking the middleman out of the picture. The ethos of uh, decentralization uh, is distributed, which is non-hierarchical, which non-hierarchical. So, a, a the first question: twenty-seven centralized organization uh, governing a decentralized organizations are are organizations actually ready for decentralization? If you look at the organization structure that we currently have with the with the Hedera's uh, uh, council member, these are the 
uh, organizations from the different domains. They are from financial industry, from telcos, uh, to the energy sector, and so on and so forth. And these are all coming together to contribute for the decentralized platform, which is the header hash. And I think we have also seen the recent uh, rise of the generative AI, wherein the 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 workforce is also trying to see that how soon, how fast, and how smart they can get the work done, right? And that's where the organizations are, uh, you know, start thinking about. Uh, what are the ways that the uh, the workforce can be utilized? And on the other hand, with the Web3 rise, we have also seen the decentralized way of having this organization, and that's called the DAO, right? Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. And uh, with the DAO, uh, we have also seen that it's the smart contract that actually defines the rule. And there is no hierarchy in the DAOs. You know, anybody can uh, get the governance token and the more tokens that you have, you have the higher voting rights in getting those different proposals approved. And because of there is no hierarchy, anyone can uh, put a proposals in the DAO. And DAOs can function in more uh, non-bureaucratic way, right? And, uh, you know, we have also seen that uh, different level of the the work streams be whether you are a content writer whether you are a content creator whether you are a programmer you are a product manager you can contribute to a DAO for a specific outcome to be achieved and you get incentivized with the DAO but taking the DAO and making this DAO aligned with the existing organizations is is going to take a time because we the organization structure that we are currently uh, uh currently in the organization still will take a time to to adapt to this uh, the mentality of the dao structure there are there are uh, uh, practices or i would say the the new steps that's been taken uh, you might have seen that the state of wyoming has enabled that you can actually register your DAO as the actual LLC in in the US in in Wyoming. So we are seeing some positive uh, steps from the government side as well, uh, and from the organizations also uh, in order to have this uh, bridging this gap between the traditional way of working with the new nuances that we are seeing and how the uh, the DAO-like uh, specific uh, characteristics can be applied to rural organizations. And that's where I think the the, the council uh, membership, like uh, the HEDERA, uh, is actually one step forward to it, like contributing to such framework wherein there is a decentralization and the organizations are contributing to it is obviously a positive sign to us. Beautiful, because I, I think, uh, uh, Sai, in all fairness, I think it is the future, but it, it's so complex that we, as, as a society, as uh, as institutions and businesses, need to relook at our work structure because we, we, we are stuck with a hundred-year-old traditional way of functioning. And here are these new technology stack, you know, it, it will break the way we we uh, we have been functioning and it, it will i think create a, a better future because i think the web 3o 
It's a complete new language, new protocol. The DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations. A, fan- a fantastic way of possibly creating the businesses of, of, of the future. Would you like to elaborate on the companies that are using the Hedera Hashgraph uh, DLT? And what are the applications which, which are being built using your DLT? So there are a few companies like Toku, Atma.io, the uh, Shinhan Bank, Standard Bank. Uh, then we have ServiceNow. Uh, many of such governance council member, uh, they actually uh, implemented. In fact, our company, uh, WorldPay from FIS, we are also uh, implementing one use case on the proof of reserves. Uh, and this particular use case is basically you might have seen the recent fall of the FTX and uh, that has actually raised a concern on the transparency of the assets that those centralized exchanges are holding. And uh, if you look at the stable coin is one of the the best way to to have, you know, any specific uh, customer or a merchant to uh, dip their toes into the crypto world and start with their uh, journey. And we as a FIS, uh, uh, we actually recently launched our product, which is the USDC settlement to our merchants. So merchant gets settled in USDC uh, uh, within within a day, right? And uh, with this one, we also want to give this transparency to our merchants that the USDCs that they are receiving does have enough backing of that fiat. And that's where we are providing this attestation uh, to our uh, overall USDC settlement to our merchants uh, with uh, the proof of reserves. So that's one use case that we are building on Hedera. Uh, ServiceNow has also implemented overall uh, workflow of their existing uh, prototypes. And what they have done is that if you look at the ServiceNow, the different uh, category of the, uh, the assets and uh, the users who are interacting on the on the service now, uh, you can actually uh, use the tokenized version of those different assets, and that routes through the Hedera, through the HCS and the HTS. They are also uh, thinking about implementing the EHG part of it, wherein there is a how the carbon footprint can be calculated, and this carbon footprint can also be measured in the future. Uh, Atma.io has also done the similar way that, you know, tokenizing their assets using the uh, Hedera's uh, uh, DLT. One interesting use case that I recently came across from our council member is LG. So LG has enabled with the Blade Wallet on their uh, on their uh, TVs that you can buy the NFTs on your TV uh, through the Hedera's uh, wallet. And this actually is very innovative. And actually they have recently got the award for their innovation in Korea of uh, using the innovative way of the DLT and uh, the blockchain in the retail world. And the HPAR Foundation is, is the external facing arm of Federa. And this is the organization which actually gives the grant to the different uh, uh, startup ecosystem. And they have a different, uh, I would say, the fund category uh, based on the payments and the metaverse and the sustainability and so on and so forth. 
and uh, they actually have uh, almost 137 odd startups that they have funded so far in the form of, of this grant approval uh, and uh, and we have seen large growth into the hedera's ecosystem and i think 2023 you will see lot of such use cases are uh, getting implemented on the hedera and uh, keep watching this uh, specific space on the HBAR Foundation and on the Hedera handle on the Twitter. I think uh, 2023 is going to be massive growth on the Hedera ecosystem. Super awesome. Wish you the very best for Hedera Hedgecraft and the Hedgebar Foundation. And we need the ecosystem to grow here because I think India's metaverse Web3 ecosystem is coming together. What we need is the support from the government, the investors and the ecosystem. You know, see all these stakeholders comes together. And I think India would be a, a leading nation, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, metaverse and Web3. You mentioned about uh, stablecoin and, and CBDC. Uh, these are, again, not decentralized these are centralized would you kind of explain you know cbdc and stablecoin yeah sure so the basic difference between the cbdc and the stablecoin is the stablecoins are the one that's issued by those centralized entities so let's take an example of circle so circle is a company which has their specific reserves that they are uh, maintaining in in the state treasuries u.s state treasuries and other bonds and based on that they are actually minting the usdc's and there are different uh, distributed oracle networks that actually uh, maintains they actually keep watch on this and you can see the parity between the number of uh, you know, the reserves that they have in the fiat and the number of stable coins are in the circulation and uh, usually uh, this this parity between the reserves and the stable coin that's been minted has to have the one-to-one -one parity, and uh, we have seen how the Terra Luna in the back uh, in in the algorithmic uh, stable coins has collapsed because of some of their uh, reserves were not maintained properly. So it has uh, pros and cons. On the other hand, the CBDC, the rise of the CBDCs, those different central banks across the world. Obviously, all these banking sectors are, you know, seriously thinking that how they can, uh, you know, leverage these new disruptions of the technology of the blockchain. And looking at, and I think the the central bank's answer to this overall blockchain ecosystem is the CBDC. And how they are actually uh, adapting this technology is they are taking this and minded that blockchain is not the only way that CBDCs can be implemented. There are different uh, uh, central banks across the world who has also used the non-blockchain platforms to issue their uh, uh, CBDCs. I think China is the one who actually started with the, uh, uh, the CBDC implementation with their digital yuan. Uh, in the first place and rest of the world, we are seeing that most of those central banks are issuing their digital uh, currencies uh, through their central banks. And uh, we have recently seen in India as well that we have uh, e-rupee that's been uh, issued by the Reserve Bank of India. Reliance is the first little outs outlet who is actually accepting the e-rupee in their outlet. So we are, which is, which is really positive sign for, for the digital and uh, overall, uh, I would say the uh, 
decentralized economy world wherein uh, there is a breach between uh, the the blockchain and the decentralized economy and the centralized entities like the uh, the banks right? thank you sai for explaining uh, cbdc and stable uh, stable coin now both of these like you mentioned rightfully these are centralized ways of creating finance now there was this article in 2020 which was written by deloitte deloitte done a complete report uh, and uh, the report said that in in the next 5 to 10 years there's going to be a complete shift in the way we do finance and possibly we're going to move from fiat currency to cryptocurrency what are your views on that do you think there's something like that is going to happen and maybe just possibly from your side or possibly shine light on d5 since since you work for fis which does the advanced way of the world you know how it pays you know banks and invest how do you think the future of finance is going to look like so to answer your first question i don't think that we will be completely uh, getting out of the fiat currency and moving to the cryptocurrency uh, both will coexist for sure uh, we will see the rise of uh, the digital currency issued by the central banks and uh, the cryptocurrencies the stable coins will also coexist but uh, fiat currency is here to stay it's not going anywhere uh because uh, at at this point uh if you look at the overall adoption across the world it's you know just in one figure percentage of of the overall uh, cryptocurrency and the crypto uh, market so coming to defi so defi is like a decentralized finance on a, on on the you know other hand we have the centralized finance where you have your centralized exchanges by which you are actually having your your custodial way of storing your assets and using uh you know trading and uh, borrowing and uh, so on and so forth but defi has actually has interesting uh use case wherein there is a transparency and there is also an anonymity so in case of cfi you have to have some kind of a kyc and you have to have some kind of identity uh, you have to uh, put there but in case of defi uh, you have the anonymous way of interacting having the loan uh, borrowing and also you have this yield farming wherein you can actually get the yield on your uh, on your staking that uh, specific crypto assets you also have uh, uh, the way to have those uh, way to uh, put your currency into the pools by which you can get the passive income as well. uh one other hand i would say in case of defi is there are also the bridges that are not very secure and we have recently seen in the last year that there are most of those bridges have been hacked and uh, most of those uh, you know assets has been kind of stolen and been withdrawn so you know both has you know cfi and defi has their pros and cons uh you know and also i have seen the organizations uh, uh you know financial organizations are trying to use the defi and leverage the the benefit of the defi wherein uh, i have seen that uh, the makerdao has uh, recently implemented uh, interesting use case wherein the liquidity is been used uh, of the defi by using the digital assets and that's been breached with the traditional banking system so that's an interesting way of the 
uh, you know, traditional banking system is trying to leverage their DeFi use cases. Uh, I think uh, that's that's the way wherein the DeFi can also be used by the banking system and the financial systems. How important is India's market opportunity for Hydra Hashgraph? Uh, yes, I think uh, you might have uh, seen the recent news that uh, Hedera Hashgraph uh, is uh, actually supporting one specific uh, NFT marketplace for AR Rehman. So AR Rehman is actually uh, uh, having his uh, overall artwork that will be converted into the NFT and it will be launched into the Hedera ecosystem. We have seen recent traction uh, those startup ecosystems and those uh, different organizations approaching the Ejbara Foundation and showing their interest to build on Hedera because of the major reason is the Hedera's uh, uh, sustainability because it's a carbon negative uh, platform. Number two is the predictive uh, fees, as I said. And number three is the higher TPS, higher throughput, right? And because of this thing, uh, you know, most of those projects are moving towards Hedera than any other blockchain because of uh, these major reasons. And also the support from the community, support from the Swirl Labs. So Swirl Labs is one of the arm of the Hedera, which actually gives you the, the development support and any specific uh, technological support that any project want. And there is also one uh, recent uh, uh, update on on the hedera ecosystem is the uh, the hashgraph association so this is also a non profit organization uh, that actually supports any specific uh, startup uh, on the funding but on top of that they also provide the incubation like environment wherein those startup can get benefited of the uh, the investors on on the go to market strategy on their uh, existing uh, development resources. So this is like an incubator-like an environment provided by the Ashgraph Association that they can also uh, make a use of. So very exciting time on the Hedera ecosystem. And I think because of all these different supports and uh, the overall uh, community is kind of very excited and the way the things are progressing uh, towards, I think uh, we will have major such adoption uh, not only from the enterprise level, but also on the uh, startup and the public uh, uh, blockchain side. Yeah. Would you be able to share any suggestions? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. needs to do to take the leadership role in Web3 and Metaverse? I think uh, we as in India, we are the, the hub for overall uh, service industry so far. You know, we have rise of Vipro and Infosys and TS, TCS, and we have seen the major growth in this area on the service industry. Uh, I think with the Web3, what I think is now there is a shift in the mentality, as I was mentioning, that from the workforce perspective, we are seeing the different trends are evolving. And I think uh, all those creators, all those startups, rather than thinking from the service mindset, we have to now switch to the product mindset and how India can become the hub for that products on the Web3, rather than you know providing your services to you know build and develop for the other uh, uh, unicorns and the other uh, uh, organizations out there, how we can 
leverage our knowledge, our uh, potential. And I think we have the strong uh, presence on our technologies, right? Because we have a very good infrastructure on, on the educational side. We have large number of engineers that are passing through the elite organizations and how we can make use of their talent and you know bring them towards this the the digital era of this new uh, uh, diversion towards the web3 and uh, i think the answer to that is the india can really become the pioneer and the hub for the web3 provided that we put our bets right and we uh, you know go ahead with and march towards becoming the product specific uh, nation rather than going with the, the service specific uh, footprint. Cypress, I really appreciate you taking time and being part, part, part of the conversation. My last question to you, uh, any roadmap, future roadmap of header Icecraft that you can share and what's your moonshot and what do you think the future of Web3 and Metaverse is going to look like in the next 10 years? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, on the header side, uh, you might have seen that uh, recent... Uh, uh, announcement that we have also enabled the staking rewards on on your account and the community has taken this uh, very positively they are really excited to have this feature i think header is the only one which is having uh, which is providing the highest highest staking rewards uh, in the industry right now uh, similar to this there are many such uh, uh, you know uh, new features that are planned in the near future. Uh, there is also sharding, which is also in, in the discussion in the future uh, from the, uh, you know, the gossip protocol is also trying to be enhanced wherein the finality can be achieved within just one or two seconds in the future on opposed to, to three to five seconds. So uh, yeah, there are exciting, exciting discussions going on. Uh, there is a uh, very, um, promising uh, roadmap that we have in, in, in the future on the header side. Uh, on the second question, what you talked about the Web3 future, what I think is the major uh, observation that I have is the Web3. And I always take this example that blockchain and this distributed ledger, uh, this is the technology and you know this is one answer that we are trying to find a problem, right? Uh, what I mean is that is that this technology with the cryptographic hash and then hashing algorithms and digital signatures and whatnot, we already have this and we had this in the past. All we did is we actually bundled this together, we connected the dots and came up with this innovative idea. And now with the Web3, the way uh, things are moving, the way uh, the users are kind of getting benefited of it. Uh, I think there is a lot of education that is required uh, to the users, to the consumers, and how they can interact with this new way of uh, uh, technology and the various different apps, right? Uh, we have seen this, uh, uh, the progression of the user interaction from uh, you know, browsers on your desktop to the laptops, and now there is a smartphone. You know, I hardly, uh, you know, use my desktop. I use my smartphone for all my uh, 
all my daily needs, be it your bill payments, be it your, uh, you know, uh, food delivery and so on and so forth for the banking and all. So now there is uh, the new type of experience that the user will have to have and how we can educate the user and how this experience can be uh, managed with the web two way. That's something the challenge for all the web three organization that how users can get easily accessible way to have uh, with these dApps. That's something is the challenge ahead of us. But I think eventually we will get there and bridge this gap. And uh, I see the very bright future for the Web3 and uh, this new technology. Lovely. So I really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Wish you and team at Hedra, Hashgraph and FIS the very best. You guys are doing building the possibly the future foundation of uh, distribution le uh, ledger technology and, and the f future of how we could do business communicate engage we we in such an exciting space but yes like you've pointed out you know what needs to be done is to create awareness you know whether it's the the consumers whether it's businesses whether it's governance whether it's education institutes bring them together under one umbrella and make them understand the the potential of these technologies and how ev every businesses can leverage this so exciting times wish you the very best into my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you sir i really appreciate this